Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Good morning and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Market Rundown with Angie Setzer. Angie, how are you this morning? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, doing great. So we've got just more more news than we can shake a stick at again. Shocker, right? That's that's uh <laughs> you know, we got more stuff going on now than we could probably ever ever uh have them doing, but Looks like just when we thought the whole tariff thing was kind of wrapped up with the whole Mexico, Canada, UMMCA or the uh, new NAFTA thing that they're that they refer to, um, man, he comes out with a tweet from President Trump that says, "Hey, guess what? We're going to tariff five percent on uh, on some Mexican goods." So, think that yeah. just keep on coming, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's time to be alive. So, yeah, I mean. There's been, you know, this has been the, the boogeyman back through, right? This, uh, we're going to renegotiate NAFTA and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and uh, we celebrated, I think, last December. I can't even keep track anymore, I, you know. But we celebrated the fact that we had agreed. And it, it was this monumental agreement, right? It kind of came out of the left field. Like, we had went home on Friday afternoon, and we're like, nothing's going to come of it. Then all of a sudden, Sunday night, <clears throat> excuse me, and it was like, yeah, we'll we'll join in. We'll do that. So we agreed uh, to this new this USMCA, uh, you know, United States Mexico Canada agreement. And so we re- revisit, revise NAFTA, and, and Trump says it's a win, and everything's great. And we send it to Congress to be ratified. And we've been fighting with this congressional ratification of this deal. Um, for quite some time, uh, we had these steel and aluminum tariffs in place. And even Chuck Grassley came out and was like, if you don't pull these tariffs off, we're not going to ratify this deal. Like you can't, we can't have these tariffs and, and ratify this deal at the same time. It's just not going to work. And so a couple weeks ago, we finally get the Trump announcement that we're going to pull those, we're, we're pulling those steel and aluminum tariffs off. So everyone suddenly is like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to ratify USMCA. And it's important to point out, you know, Mexico and Canada, obviously, for logistical reasons especially, are, are large customers of ours, and we're large customers of theirs, and we have trade going back and forth. So free trade, in a lot of ways, is, is very important, um, you know, for the economy and, and for agriculture in general. You know, Mexico is the largest buyer of corn, the largest buyer of, or one of the largest buyers of corn from Mexico. Um, they buy a lot of our soybeans, they buy a lot of our wheat, they just buy a lot of our stuff. And we buy a lot of their stuff. We love avocado now. That's the cool food. Um, And so last night, um, Trump tweets that he is going to go ahead and put a 5% tariff in place on June 10th on all imports from Mexico um, until they crack down on the illegal immigration issue. Okay. So we go, you know, and obviously the weather issue, we can talk about that because we, we're in a weather market. We are in a weather market that is basically on steroids because we have a weather market and a President Trump market. And so that's really fun, right? Like, 
let's go ahead and, and uh, um, not only are we dealing with, um, you know, dealing with what is already an irrational market structure because we have this major weather deal, um, now we, we have this. And so, um, you know, what you told your farmers, if you're in my position, you know, what you had conversations with your farmers about yesterday, doesn't really matter now because this whole thing's come out. Now, granted, will it matter? Does it impact the world? Does it change everything at this point in time to where, you know, we should be down a dime in corn right now as we speak? Probably not. We're down a dime in wheat, too. I mean, the market's going to try to find a reason to sell off because it's gained almost a dollar over the last two weeks in corn. So there's there's that factor that's at play, um, you know, obviously, but... Uh, it gets frustrating after a while because you're like, we just got through the headline fatigue. I'm still, you know, talking to my therapist about the whole China thing, and now I have to deal with this updated Mexico conundrum. So that's that's the world in a nutshell today, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I just, it seems like here of late since we've had this this whole situation with 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 China, okay, China thing got cleared up, and then the weather became a big deal. And then when the weather um, kind of fed the bull as much as it could feed it, you know, where we see now, and now we're getting some hyper volatility. We had uh, Wednesday, we had a twenty cent swing, thirty cent swing in, in the soybean and in the in the corn market. Um, you just, you know, we kind of expected that to happen. Now we're looking at um, this thing with this this whole. NAFTA, USMCA thing, all the stuff that's going on there, that was that really put a high spot into the market um, that last week when that was that was kind of uh, put to bed. And and now, now it comes back again and here we are with a like you said, the the funds need a reason to sell something because they need they take some profit and today they're gonna do that and it's going to be a a bigger and bigger deal. We can see some more volatility in the marketplace and and right now, I mean, volatility is good, right? We'll, <clears throat> anybody will sit there and tell you that volatility is good because it, it gives you opportunities to make moves and, and you know, make some money here and there and, and, and make some decisions and, and move forward on a few things. But right now, these large swings but in an uncertain uh, growing group, <clears throat> excuse me, the growers that we have right now with uncertainty that's out there, it makes it even worse with all the prevent plant stuff going on and, and all the different things that are out there. We're getting close to the to some of these June soybean dates. I mean, they're just a couple weeks out of, of what that looks like. So, I mean, it's there's just a lot of there's a lot of positive, but there's a lot of negative underneath that positive that make that kind of propping all that stuff up. Yeah, I mean that's that's the struggle right now. Is, is all you can do is is and I've always I've always said it, and so have all the people that I've talked to. You know, you can only trade based on what you know. Right. The problem is right now is that what you know at 2.15 Eastern when the market is closing on Thursday can be changed with a tweet now. And so I think no matter what side the president is on, you know, and I'm talking when I say the president, I mean the, the leader of the free world, not President Trump, not Obama, not Bush, not Clinton. The president, whoever the next president is, um, you know, no matter what happens, you know, you 
you want to try to avoid, or at least in the past, we always have thought that we would avoid, you know, statements that would be, you know, earth shaking. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it felt like it was kind of like we were at least more measured in what was put out there. And some people really love this. You know, I've had a couple different uh, responses of, good, it's about time. Although I really struggle with what a 5% tariff on Mexico is really going to do to make them be able to stop something that they, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hate to even get into the discussion. I hate talking about trade war and economics and tariffs and things like that. I, I, I hate that because you get into a very political, you're, you're trying to toe a fine line uh, of politics and what's right and what's wrong and what needs to be done and what doesn't need to be done. But let's just throw them and, and mash it up into a nice little illegal immigration tariff conversation because that should work out really well, you know? And so someone in my situation, um, and I'm not saying like, oh, poor me, you know, it's not, but I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, you, you just kind of sit here and say, all right, well, we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what Mexico does. Does it really matter? You know, someone on Twitter said, well, our tacos are now a dollar five versus a dollar, you know, move on, which is, is, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, the reality is, um, what are the long-term implications of, you know, I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again a thousand times. This business is a relationship business. Agriculture is a relationship business. And so, you know, when you have private uh, exporters working together, importer exporters, you know, George Costanza is is, uh, handling the corn trade here. Um, and, And you run into a situation where you're not working with someone for a bit of time. And this is just in my experience. So, uh, I used to work really, really closely with a lot of folks in Ontario selling grain that way because when the Ontario ethanol market firmed up and the Canadian dollar was stronger and things like that, we shipped a lot of corn into Ontario from Michigan, tons of it. Well, in the loony weekend and Ontario picked up their production and Michigan market got more competitive and stuff like that. And I went two, three years without really, it just didn't work. You would, you know, you chat with the person that you used to talk to almost every day, once a week, once a month, then it came on six months, then it came a year, and then all of a sudden they're at a different job. And then, so, you know, so like if you can't maintain a good solid buy sells type relationship in this business, they start working with someone else. And so we have to really be aware of the fact that You know, and I've been one of the larger proponents of, has the Chinese trade war really impacted soybean demand, or is it ASF, or is it, you know, all the other things? Obviously, it's had a role in it, but to what level? Well, if we start pushing Mexico to South America to purchase, what happens? You know, you just, you can't keep pooping on people's dinner plates and being like, well, I like it. It's okay, because I'm, I'm a... Maverick or whatever. I don't know. That was John McCain's word, but still, it's just. So what do we do? I don't know. I guess we'll see. We're in the break right now. We had a good corn export number, um, really good export numbers. So while corn's rallying, we managed to sell almost a million metric ton. That's not supposed to be happening right now. So does the market recognize the fact that you know last week we had a, a bunch of people coming in and, and purchasing a bunch of corn that no one was anticipating them to purchase? Um, I think it has to. I think that was a, a big deal. I think the weather forecast remains wet. I think we have 37 million acres of corn that's unplanted. If we had more than 5 million planted this week, I would be surprised based on the conversations that I'm having. 
Um, you know, everyone keeps acting like farmers are going to just keep stocking this corn in the wet, muddy fields through the 4th of July. They're not soybeans. That, that doesn't happen. A lot of my customers right now are telling me that uh, this weekend's forecasted rainfall is going to be the determining factor for them. Our insurance states June 5th. Yep. So then you start to just look at what you're going to do with soybeans because none of them have soybeans planted. So in, in my neck of the woods, you either have to be, you can't do both. If you have a, a five-day window of opportunity, you're going to have to decide what's going to be best for you um, on your farm and, and go in that direction. You know, I, 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 like, I think traders think that farmers just, you know, five-day window, they'll get everything nailed because one time in 2013, we planted 43% of the crop. I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah. I think weather kind of continues to trump this, but in the meantime, I'm just going off a a rant. I'll I'll stop talking now. I just <laughs> now I'm right there with you. And you look at what's going on. So last night I recorded and released uh, Moving Iron Podcast number 138 with George uh, Burkaw, and and he's an insurance agent, uh, prop insurance agent down in the uh, southern part of Indiana, and you know there. This this insurance thing is a big deal, man. I mean, what's I think what perceive what the perception of prevent plant and what it is that you get with your with your APH and everything else that's out there, it's not necessarily true. And a lot of these folks are waking up to, today going like, holy crap, I thought this was that, and now it's not, and I don't know what to do here. And, yeah. and there's there's a lot of a lot of nuances that go in there, and then all of that pressure that you see there, which is that part of it, because there's any if there's any one thing that a farmer likes to do, they like to farm. You know, I mean, that's why they're farming. Yeah. So when they can't do that, and and you're looking at going a whole season without planting something, especially these guys that are under two and three feet of water in their fields right now. Um, yeah. You know, and then they you got this prevent plant thing going on, and you get these tariff payments going on, and these tariff payments don't count on the prevent acres that you can't plant, and and then you've got. Oh, but no, now wait, now wait. There's more. There's more. Let me bring okay. you yesterday that they might. Oh, okay. So everything's completely up in the air. Nobody knows what's going on, What do you think you know you don't know? And what you thought you might not know, you might know. I don't know anymore. I just, you know, so, yeah. that's I, And they're not going to announce it. And so someone did make a good point on yesterday where the uncertainty is frustrating with the MFP and the prevent plant and stuff like that. Uh, and they said maybe this is a, a calculated move, which maybe it is. Uh, they don't want to impact planting decisions. So maybe, you know what I mean? Like the whole healthcare thing, you have to pass it on what's in it. Maybe you just have to figure out what June's going to look like for you to figure out how it works. Yeah. Well, that, Which is not what we like in agriculture, right? I mean, I mean you're, you're making entire judgments on how much seed you're going to buy, how much fertilizer you're going to buy. Am I going to pick up that other quarter over there to go plant? I mean, there all these decisions are going into... Am I not? Am I going to be able to do X, Y, and Z if I do A, B, C, right? And it's yeah, there's too much going on, and, and then you throw this five percent tariff thing on top of it, and it just blows it out of the water. I mean, it's just there's just the uncertainty is uncertain. It's been it's just I can't. I'm with you. I'm I'm kind of over it, and we need to figure it out and move on. Yeah, I mean, and that's but we're not gonna. I mean. Because the uncertainty is just going to kind of, you know, I, I, the uncertainty is only going to continue. It, it, the growing season's uncertain anyway. Oh, absolutely. Um, plain and simple. This administration has been incredibly uncertain. Um, and so that's what's been interesting to me with these conversations about yield already. We're already talking about yield on, on Twitter. And, yep. and I pointed out 
the other day, you know, if, if we do have 10 to 15 million acres of provided plant, like uh, Scott Irwin had said from the University of Illinois, with 170 bushel the acre yield and a billion bushel cut in production, we're still looking at a 1.2 billion bushel carryout cut, in, excuse me, a billion bushel cut in demand. We're still looking at a 1.2 billion bushel carryout, which is pretty tight. And suddenly everyone jumps on my yield number, you know, like, well, that's way too high. Okay, let's just remember here real quick, like, what we've been forecasting for yield the last two years and what the USDA has come up with. So, you know, everyone's got to kind of slow their roll on, on uh, some of the, I understand, I understand what we're up against, but yes. Yeah. So we still, we have probably one of the most uncertain growth seasons coming at us. Um, production season, you know, all of that noise. And then we have this, and we have the election coming. I mean, we're six months away, right, from the Iowa caucus. And we have, you know, some splintering that's starting to take place in the, on the right. And, and obviously, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, both groups, as far as I'm concerned, you know, same ways, we're, we're wings on the same bird or whatever. But so it's only going to get more crazy because then we have that coming and all of the information and everything. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I get off my Xanax or get Xanax to begin with. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it's, it's going to. So the only, what does the farmer do in this situation? He or she evaluates their, their position. They evaluate where they're sitting. Obviously, if you have crop planted and it's up and it's looking decent, you're in a totally different situation than someone who doesn't. If you don't and you can't, then you need to be talking about, um, if you don't have a crop and you can't, then you obviously need to be talking to your insurance agent. You obviously need to be figuring out how you protect yourself in a different way than someone who can be making cash sales. Um, you know, but... I mean, the only thing you can do now is focus on your situation and what's taking place and then try not to make decisions based on this thousand mile view and you know, maybe some backyarditis wouldn't hurt anyone in the, the time being. Like, I just, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to worry about, a million different angles that are coming at you at the same time. And, you know, I, I've only I've been in this business for about 12 years now, and this is the first 18 month stretch, two month, two year stretch, something like that. That it's it's not just weather, and it's not just you know this, that, and the other thing. It, there's just a whole soup pot full of stuff, and it's all getting stirred together, and the soup doesn't really taste that good right now. Yeah. So. Yep. All right, Angie. Well, plenty of stuff going on. Like I said, if folks want to reach out to you and pick your brain a little bit or maybe just ask your opinion on something, how would they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Goddess of Great, or you can email me at asetzer at citizenselevator.com. And make sure you check out Angie's other podcast she does with uh, about three other women called Girls Talk Ag, and it is a, uh, it's a very entertaining podcast, so check it out on the Global Ag Network. <laughs> So, till uh, next week, Angie, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you then. Yep, have a good one.